And I want to share with you today and talk to you about, you know, obviously this is Thanksgiving weekend and many of us had a couple days off work. And I know some of you kids who are here joining us here today, uh, that, that many of you got the whole week off last week. And, uh, and so this is the, always that hard. Tomorrow morning is going to be hard for many of us. Why? Because it's the Monday after a long weekend. The dreaded, every Monday is dreaded, but this is the Mondayest Monday ever because we've had that extended time off and we have to go back in and we're dreading it. But, you know, uh, the, the, the people in Jesus's time asked about him because he was from a town that really no one liked. It was Nazareth. And they would say, can any good thing come from Nazareth? And the same thing we ask about Mondays, can any good thing come from Mondays? That's how we feel about it. But do you know, that Monday could be a fresh start for us, just like the new year is a fresh start for us, just like the, the, the beginning of a month can be a fresh start for us, just like going to a new home can be a fresh start, a new school can be a fresh start, some of you, a new church, I'm not telling you to leave this church, but maybe you're uh, brand new here, this was a fresh start for you. Monday can be a fresh start for you. So how do we make our Mondays a fresh start? Instead of a dreaded Monday, how do we look at them as a fresh start? Let's go to the scriptures. And in the book of Ephesians was written by Paul and Paul is writing here to a church that's in uh, Ephesus, which is modern-day Greece, and he writes this in chapter 5 here. He says, look carefully then how you walk. Just notice these words, carefully. Not as unwise, but as wise. And he goes on, he says, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. We could use put this in here because Monday is a time, the best use of Mondays. Let's put that in there. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. We see two things from these verses here that Paul breaks down. Two things for us to notice is number one, we are to not uh, be unwise or foolish. We are to call to be wise. Be wise, not unwise or foolish. That's the first thing he tells us. And secondly, how we do that is to make the best use of our time. So I want to talk to you today of how we can make the best use of our Mondays or wisdom for our Mondays. And we can see this throughout scripture that, that those who make the best use of their time are considered wise. We can go to uh, the book of Chronicles and, and they are really outlining the tribes of Israel and this, this point, the ancient tribes of Israel. And it, they say of this tribe, Issachar was a tribe. It says of Issachar, men who had understanding of the times. What did it say about these? They knew what Israel ought to do. So they knew the times and that changed their behavior. And what, what did it call these? 200 chiefs. That's why I'm a Chiefs fan right there. 200 Chiefs, the wise people from Issachar and their kinsmen under their command. And then we see this again in the book of Esther that the king calls forth and it says, the king said, he called forth his wise men and he said to the wise men who knew the times, they understood the times, therefore they were the counselors of the king's court. They were considered wise men. 
So wisdom is making the best use of our Mondays. How do we make the best use of our Mondays and understand the times? Jesus said, it was said of Jesus here in Hebrews 13, as we're setting up the message, that Jesus is the same yesterday. Everyone say yesterday. Today. Forever. We see the three times that Jesus is referenced to that he reigns over our past, over our present, and over our future. Over our past, over our present, and over our future. The three times that Jesus reigns over past, present, future. So how can we understand the past, present, and future to make the best use of our Mondays? We ask ourselves three questions. Number one is this, what can we learn from the past? The Bible refers to the past as generations. For example, in Exodus 3.6, we see this many times throughout the Old Testament that God is refers to himself this way. It says, he said, God's speaking here, I am the God of your father. So he says, he's telling this to Moses, the God of your father. He says, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. If you understand this, understand that Abraham was considered their father of their nation. Abraham had a son. His name was Isaac. Isaac had a son. It was Jacob. You see three generations there. You also see he references his own father. So what he's saying here is, I am the God of generations. In the Old Testament, that was God's way of saying this. I can be trusted. I am faithful I am the God of your past. And when it comes to our past, we really have two parts that we learn from. Every one of us has some things in our past that we're not super proud about. Anybody? Anybody else but me? There are some things in my past that I look and say, whoops, uh, that didn't go so well. And then there's some things that I can look back and say, that went really well, right? Right? We have some good. We have some bad. When it comes to the bad... Here's what we need to remember. When we don't address the pain of our past, we are often doomed to repeat it. When we don't learn from the mistakes we've made, from the sins we've committed, from the the things that didn't go the way we hoped they would go. When we don't learn from those things, here's what happens. We will repeat them. And if you are a, a, a student of history, you see this happen time and time again. When we don't learn to, from our past, we can become a slave to our past. One of the things that Pastor Aaron talked about in our vision series was what we are doing, we are finding freedom. And what we're finding freedom from is what? Our past. We're finding freedom from our past. And so we have to learn to address it, allow God to invite him in to heal it. And, you know, sometimes we just have to get help. We have to get help. But the good thing is, is that we're not just... Uh, bound to relive those things if we learn and grow from them. I, I think of this way is this past week, uh, you know, I was trying something new in my workout and I decided I was going to, after I did a walk, because I'm kind of doing recovery after a marathon, I, I decided I'm going to jump rope for 15 minutes. And I thought like, that can't be, that can't be that hard. I'm going to jump rope for 15 minutes. And I did it barefoot in my garage. And after that 15 minutes, I was worn out. And my, my, my tracker said I only burned 75 calories, but I was like, that felt like well, a lot more than 75 calories. And then the next morning I woke up and I couldn't, like my calves were on fire. They were burning. 
But here's what I know, that that pain, here's what happened in that that moment. While I was doing that, I was putting pressure on my calf muscles. And what happened on that micro level is, is in those muscles, there were micro tears. That means really small tears in the muscle. And when those tears in the muscle healed up, guess what? Now my calf muscles are a little bit stronger than they were. When you work out and you get sore, or you're going through growing pains, you know what that is? That's growth. That's strengthening us. So how many of us can look back on 2020, and we're on month nine of two weeks to flatten the curve? Like, just do this for a while, and it's going to be better. And we're like, man, we're on nine months now. Come on. Come on. This is enough. And we're like, I'm ready to be done with this. Like, hey, can we erase this? Here's what we need to know, is we may feel pain now. We may feel mental anguish. I don't discount that. We may feel emotional anguish. I don't discount that. We may even feel spiritual anguish. I don't discount that. But come on, after 2020, we're going to be mentally swole. Come on, we're going to be emotionally, we're going to be stacked. Come on, we're going to be spiritually stronger than we were because of the pain that we're experiencing right now. And you know, there's some good things we can learn from the past. In fact, the, the way that Israel looked at the past was this was God's resume that we could trust him. And when we don't celebrate the victories of our past, we can grow disheartened and disillusioned. We can look at this time right now and just say, I, I don't know if God just took this year off. Did he, is he gone? What happened to him? Instead of leaning in and remembering he's been good. Instead of remembering all the prayers that he's answered. Remembering the past victories. Remembering how he has been with us. He has blessed us. He has healed us. He has been faithful. He has been good to us. If we don't remember that, we'll grow disheartened and disillusioned. And you know, I coach pastors and, you know, obviously I lead help lead here and our, our staff, and, but I coach pastors around the world. And I know this, and I, let me just tell you, Pastor Aaron and I, we're in an okay place. It's not, we're not the greatest we've ever been, but here's what I know about pastors right now. They're discouraged just as much as you are. Like, you don't think they're like, they're like, again, we're like, man, we did this for how long? And is church ever going to go back? And Barna's telling us that 30% of people are never going to come back to church ever again. And 14% of people will go find a new church. What? This is, I mean, I got people, they're depressed. They're discouraged. But you know how we keep ourselves encouraged? Because we know the time comes and, 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 and there's ups, there's downs. We have something at our office that we call the wind wall. Where we take when someone gives us a testimony of an answered prayer of God doing something here in their life through Rice Kids or, or through the message or during worship or serving as a, being a part of a team. We put that and we cut that out. We print it out. We put it on our wind wall. So when we're discouraged, we go and we look and we say, remember that God has been faithful. He has been good. We have to remind ourselves of past victory. So if you're here, what can you do? I want to give you some practical tips. Some practical tips from learning from your past. If you're at home, 
If you're, I want to get for home, I want to do work, I want to do school. If you're at home, you're a stay-at-home mom, you're a stay-at-home dad, or you're just a mom or dad, or, or you're a part of a family, what can you do to learn from your past? Is, is I want to encourage you, is to make and remember the memories. Make and remember the memories of life. Don't be so worried about the stuff. This is a season where stuff, all of a sudden stuff, uh, we, we just celebrate thankfulness, and then the next day, you know, it's all about stuff. And we just get into stuff. When it should be about, hey, let's stop. Let's have memories. Let's do the things. Let's slow down. Let's invest time. Let's talk about it. At work. What can you do to learn from your past? Remember the mistakes you've made and celebrate the victories you've had at work because you can get disillusioned right now. Maybe your job, you know, maybe your job is ending. We're going to talk about that in a minute of what you can do. But here's what I know. I, I bought a car this year, you know, late summer, early fall, and we went into this dealership I had studied. I was looking for a particular kind of car with so many miles, so many years. I had found exactly what I wanted. I did my research. I knew what my first offer would be. I knew what his counteroffer would be. I knew what my second counteroffer would be, and I, and I pretty much knew what I was going to pay for the car. So I went in. I'm their nightmare. They don't want to sell to me. They want to sell to y'all. Uh, like, they know that I'm going to go in there, and I'm going to be prepared. But I get the guy who's like, he, his whole desk is covered with salesman of the month trophies. <laughs> and salesman of the year. Like since like 1979, this guy has been uh, the salesman of the year. And every month, I mean his desk and everything around it is just covered with trophies. What is he doing? He's reminding himself, I am the victor. You need to do that in your job. Remind yourself of your victories. If you're at school, here's what you need to do. Study. Know in the past where you've struggled, kids, students. Know where you've struggled in school and find some help there. You don't do so good in math? Find some help there. Know you're going to have to put in some extra time there. But also encourage yourself with where you have won. Encourage yourself where you have gotten good grades. Second question is, what are we dealing with in the present? What are we dealing with in the present? So we understand what we can learn from the past, the good and the bad, but what are we dealing with in the present? Here's what we have to understand about our present. Uh, our statement is this, uh, that no matter what you're dealing with, perspective helps with you deal with it correctly. In other words, if you see it correctly, you can deal with it correctly. If you see it right, you can do it right. And in Ecclesiastes 3 says this. This is what you need to understand. For everything, there is a season. So when you feel like, is this ever going to end? If one more person says new normal, I'll break the TV. If one more celebrity says we're all in this together from their mansion with a bowling alley and a swimming pool inside in Malibu. I will punch someone. There is a season. And he says there's a time for everything under heaven. Remember this. This is just a season and this too shall pass. And in this season, ask yourself this. 
is, are you sure this is a good time to make a life-altering decision? Come on. Like, is this really a good time? Maybe it is. But stop and really ponder that question. If you're about to make a life-altering decision, hold up. Hold up. Hold up. It may be just this season. That's what I'm coaching people to do right now. Hey, Pastor Jason, I'm going to quit and I'm going to do this. Whoa. 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 I'm tired of this. I'm like, you know, someone was telling me like, well, I'm going to leave my church because I'm just tired of it. I'm like, you realize every church is going through this. Well, I'm going to leave my job and go over here. Hey, guess what? Every job is going through this. Hey, I'm going to leave this relationship and I'm going to go over here. Every relationship is going through this. So make sure it's not just the season and not your circumstance. Paul continues to write here. He says in in 1 Thessalonians 5, he says, Give thanks. We're we're celebrating Thanksgiving this weekend in all circumstances. Everybody say all. You know, they used to tell this joke in the church I grew up in. They'd be like, in the Greek, all means all. And all the church people, (laughs) ha, ha. <laughs> church people like jokes like that. I mean, literally, our pastor would say that like every other week. In the Greek, all means all. And everybody like, ha, 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 pastor, you're so funny. He says, give thanks in all circumstances. All. Whether it's good, bad, confusing. My encouragement for you in a season, whatever present circumstance you go through, is, is, is find a way to have some gratitude. Don't just make Thanksgiving like a one-off thing where we stuff our bellies, and then the next morning we get up to buy some stuff we don't need with money we don't have to impress people we don't like. Make gratitude a habit. Have a gratitude journal. Write down one thing every day you can be grateful for. One of the things I love that my wife did with our kids, and obviously I was there too, but she comes up with all the great ideas, is she had a gratitude tree for Thanksgiving season for the whole month of November. And the kids had to write on this little piece of cloth. She made these little pieces of cloth. They had to write what they were thankful for, and then they tied them on the tree and put them there every dinner. No, everybody's got to write something. You already said that. You got to write something different. Made them think about. Stop and take inventory. Another thing you can do is take a gratitude walk. You're not really feeling it? Stop. Go outside. Take a 10, 15-minute walk and just think about all the things you have to be grateful for instead of the things you don't. Paul continue, another, another writing of Paul. Paul writes a lot of things here about this. Philippians 4.11. He says... He's talking about his situation. He says, not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation, everybody say, whatever, Whatever. I am to be content. What does it mean to be content? He's saying, I don't attach my contentment, my happiness to an outcome or a circumstance. I am learning to be content with no matter what happens. Remember, he says, I'm learning. I have learned it's something you grow when you do. So don't attachment there. Because here's, here's where, we, where we fail. Is we attach our contentment to what we don't have. 
or our lack of it, our happiness to what we don't have. And that's the trap of today. Because it used to be years ago, you didn't know what you didn't have. Now, you log into Facebook, and you see what you don't have. You log on to Instagram, and you see what you don't have. You log into Snapchat, you see what all the fun everybody else is having, and you don't have no fun. You look on Twitter, well, that's not really fun, but, uh, you know, there's some words. And what they're doing is they're selling you on something you don't have so that you want something you don't have. And you're unhappy with what you do have, but you want what you don't have. That's the opposite of what Paul is saying here. He's saying learn to be content with what you do have. That's how you deal with your present. So tips for dealing with your present. In the home, what can you do? Remember that you have limited time. And there's always going to be a tomorrow to do those other things. While I was literally working on this message, my wife was at an appointment with my oldest daughter and my son Lincoln. He's over here. He comes to my office, which is just a closet right now. Quarantine office is my closet. And he walks in there and he just comes and he like saddles up right next to me. Like, and he doesn't do this. And he just like stands like right on top of me. And I'm like, go away. I'm working. Literally, I'm working on this point. Go away. I'm busy. I'm busy writing a message about how you should have priorities with your family and live in the present. Go away, son. <laughs> and then I'm like, and I, before I could even say it, I'm like, I don't, like, if this message doesn't turn out great, and you're like, yep, that happened. That's okay with me. Because I'm never going to get that moment with my son where he actually wants to spend time with me. So I want to put this on pause and I'll find another time to finish this. Even if this doesn't go well, I know I'm going to have another shot to preach the next time Pastor Aaron's out. He has no other options. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. But... My son has no other dad. So I'm going to put that on pause because today is only here once. But I'll get a chance to preach again. And hopefully I did okay. Workplace. Here's my encouragement for you in your present circumstance in your work. If you have a job, be thankful you have a job in a time when some folk don't have a job. have to go in. I'm essential. Where? Kind of seems a little ungrateful. If you don't have a job or your job is ending, I hear it from people all the time. My encouragement is, is this. Let me tell you a story. So I had a job that I didn't... I, I, I got hired by one boss, but about a month in, I changed bosses. And I liked the first guy. We got along. It really worked. But the second guy, he and I just did not see eye to eye. He was intimidated by me, like everything. I couldn't really change who I was. I, was like, I can't be who you want me to be. I'm, I'm, I'm intense. I'm sorry. And he was not intense. 
And he was very much, he just didn't like me. So he was always like, you know, finally it just came to a head and he's like, hey, you should go find another job somewhere. And it wasn't like, hey, you're fired. It was just like, this isn't going to work. So I found another job. But I had a period of time, of months, that was like March, and it wasn't until June I was going to be gone. But I worked like this. Even though that guy had kind of forced me out and I knew it wasn't ever going to work, I just made it, I, I, I still invested into that place like I was giving my life for it. And one thing that the, his, his bosses said, they said, number one, when I left, they said, this is the biggest mistake we've ever made is allowing him to push you out. Secondly, we've never, and this, even this guy said this, I've never seen anyone get pushed out and still work as hard as you worked with as good of attitude as you worked. Now, again, I'm not saying that to Brian. Here's what I just thought. The way that I end this chapter is the way that I'll start that next chapter. So I don't want to end this chapter bad. And that, so if, 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 you're, if, if, if that chapter in your life is ending, my encouragement for you is this, is to work like the next chapter depends on how you end this chapter. That's my encouragement for you, a tip for you. At school, dealing with your present, I get that none of you students signed up to do distance learning. And it's getting old. I get it. Some of you are in person. Y'all should be grateful. But your kids, who maybe even that, the school year can seem so long. And like, when is it going to be over? And when are we going to go back to normal? When is this going to be over? I, I, just, I, I, I just want it to be done. I want to be done. Is my encouragement for you today is like, live with thankfulness for today. And if, to, if the day, if the school day is too long, start with each class and say, what, do, what is required for me right now in this class to win, to make it through? I'm going to live by one hour at a time to make it through. So we understand our past. We understand the present. Our next question is this. What do we see for the future? What do we see for the future Proverbs, which is the book of wisdom. So if we're looking for wisdom for our Mondays, we can go here. And it says, where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint, but blessed is he who keeps the law, this prophetic vision. This is a picture of a desired outcome. A picture of a desired outcome. You need to know what you're going to do in your home, in your workplace, and at school when you're tempted with sin, when you're tempted to be discouraged, when you're, when you're tempted to doubt, when you're tempted to unbelieve, when you're tempted to spend more than you have. Again, to impress those people you don't even like with some stuff you don't even need. You've got to have a plan. And when you have a plan, so if your plan is, I want to get out of debt, and, and you see I know it's too late now. Those Black Friday, those Cyber Monday deals. And you're like, oh, I have to get it. It's such a deal. Remember that plan of you being on that beach, debt-free, your house paid off. 
You own your car outright. You're not a slave to debt. You remember that's the vision you have, and you say, oh, I'm not going to buy that. I'm okay with this off-brand grill. I don't need that one. I'll be okay with this. I don't need that. It changes. Can you bring up that, that uh, thing for me, my illustration for me? You know, every year we do this as a family. Thank you, Malachi. Good job. We do this. We, this is our Advent calendar that we have every year. And my kids, as the, the month of December comes, they like to uh, take these and hang them on here. See, I, oh, there we go. Couldn't do it first service. I got well, I got a better one this time. <laughs> they like to hang it on there and count down the days. Now, what is Advent about? Advent is about this. It's, it's to stop and remember that Christ came, and, we, and, we, and we're going to relive that anticipation of his coming. Now, for my kids, they're not as spiritual. So what they're looking forward to is when it gets down to one, the next morning, they're going to wake up and under the tree, they have a vision, they have a dream, they have a plan of what is going to happen on Christmas morning. Come on, kids. Do you have a dream? Do you have a vision? Do you have a plan of what is going to happen on Christmas morning? And when they're setting this up, they realize that if they don't behave... In a certain way, their vision for Christmas morning will not come to fruition. See, they have a visual. We need to create visuals in our life that says, I have a plan. I have a dream for my life. I have a desired outcome in future. And I need to create something that helps me to remember what I want to see. And how I need to act today that's going to bring me to the future that I need. What are the wise choices I need to make today? Habakkuk 2.2 illustrates this principle. He says, and the Lord answered me, write the vision. He says, make it plain on tablets so he may run. Who reads it? What he's saying is you need a visual. Make you a dream board. What would it look like? Write it down. Whatever you, however you're wired. Are you wired by words? Write down some words. You wired by pictures? Get some magazines cut out. What does debt free look for, like, for you? What does a family that serves God look like for you? What does a family that, that, that has their own business look like for you? What does a family who loves one another and loves God look like for you? What does a business that successful look like for you? What does a job, the dream job for you, what does that look like? What do you need to do to do that? And take those steps. Create a visual. Journal, flashcard, vision board. Put it on your refrigerator. Use your imagination to see what you can't see. Tips for seeing the future. In your home, I encourage you to this. Have a vision for your family. Write it down. Make it plain. Have some goals. Talk about what, 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 what is your vision for your family. Here's what I know. If you don't have a vision for your family, the enemy has one. He wants you broken. He wants you to hate one another. He wants you all to be miserable, discouraged, depressed, and broken. 
but that's not God's vision for you. So tap into God's vision for you. Write it down. Make it plain for your family. Put it somewhere. In our family, we do this. We are generous. We are kind. Here's what that looks like. We love others. We serve others. We love the Bible. We love God. We love our church. We love our pastors. What is, what is it that you want? Write that down. Make it plain. In your work, let me tell you a story. My grandfather was an immigrant from Italy. Very young when he came. In the area of the country he lived in, it was not cool to be an immigrant from Italy. And they didn't hire those people. So my grandfather, when he was a teenager, he dressed in the nicest clothes he had. And he got a broom and he went down to the docks. And he started sweeping the docks where they would not hire him because he was an immigrant from Italy. And he showed up every day and just swept the floors and the warehouses. And they finally said, if this dude's going to show up every day, we have to hire him. Look how he's dressed. Some of y'all are dressing, acting, thinking, behaving like the job you have and not the job you want. You're living to the life of success that you don't have instead of the success that you desire. And you're like, I, I don't know why I don't have it. Well, you don't think that way. You don't act that way. Your attitude isn't that way. You don't look that way. You don't have the skills to do what you think you want to do. So you better get real. And you better change your outset. School. Last thing, and we're going to close up here. If you're a student here and I want to address the kids, my encouragement for you is, what do you want from school? For it to be over. <laughs> no, no, come on, come on. It's not going to be over anytime soon for most of y'all. You better have a plan of what you want. And you got to have a vision. So here's what I told them in the first service. And no parents complained. But if you want to complain, that's okay. Jason at RiseChurchTX.com. Make you a fake report card and put all the grades you want to get on that report card. And when you're struggling in that class, go back and look and say, oh, I got all A's in here. What do I got to do to get this? What do I have to do to make this real? Put your name on it. Put the, put the, put the subjects on there. Create a vision for your life. Decide what you're going to do. When you're at school and you're tempted to lie, when you're tempted to cheat, when you're tempted to be mean, when you're tempted to be cruel, when you're bullied, what are you going to do? If you're a kid who gets bullied, what's your plan? Who are you going to talk to? Decide what you're going to decide in that moment ahead of time. So when you get to those hard moments, you know what you have to do because you have a picture of what you want in your home, in your work, at school. So as we wrap up, I encourage you to this. Learn from the past. Deal with your present. See the future. Would you bow your heads? I want to pray for you. I know many are struggling at home during this season. 
You're struggling at work. It's so uncertain. What's the economy going to do? What's the, what's the job's ending? This is ending. That, 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 I got furloughed. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. Maybe, maybe, maybe you feel like you're trapped in your own home. You're a prisoner. Paul was writing from prison when he said, I've learned to be content in every circumstance. He understands. Maybe you're at school and you're like, I, I, I'm, I'm tired of distance learning. It's distance not learning. Can't do it anymore. My encouragement for you is this. Learn from your past. Remind yourself where you failed, but remind yourself of God's goodness. Deal with your present. Be thankful. Be content. Remember, it's just a season. To your future, plan, dream, hope again. Lord, I just pray over moms and dads who feel trapped who are discouraged, who are done with this, I pray you would strengthen them. Strengthen them, Lord. Remind them of your goodness. Help them to realize this is just a season. Give them a vision for the future. For those in their jobs that maybe they, it just isn't going the way they hoped, I just pray that they see clearly the past of, 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 of your faithfulness that they understand the present, that they'd be content and thankful for what they have and the, for the future that they would understand the steps they need to take to get to where they want to go. And for those students, I just pray over them that they would come to know your goodness, that they would understand the season that we live in will be over at some point and that you would give them a plan for their future.